this week on Dueling Review. It is super massive. It is the big crossover that everybody has been waiting for. Radiant Black <laughs> is finally teaming up with some other people. Maybe they will form the head. At least somebody gets to form the head in this issue. Um, it's Radiant Black. Uh, but this is kind of, this is interesting because everybody already knows Radiant Black from the Radiant Black series, right? Mm -hmm. And we've been introduced to a couple of the other Radiants or the couple of other colors in that series. Yes. These characters are not in the Radiant Black series. In fact, I believe this is definitely the first appearance of Rogue Sun. Yes. And I believe this is also the first appearance of um, Screaming Red Rage Red or <laughs> whatever. Inferno Girl Red. Inferno, yeah. I believe that there was a Kickstarter for an Inferno Girl Red issue that I have not had access to, but the Inferno Girl Red graphic novel from Image is coming out later this year. Yeah, uh, no, in fact, it's, uh, it's coming out uh, late 2022 is when that comes out. Yep. Next week... Rogue Sun ongoing debuts. So yep. for those of you who are looking ahead for what we can review, Rogue Sun uh, number one comes out next week. And then Radiant Red miniseries, I believe, launches either the week after that in March or mid-March. So yes. we've got a lot of Power Rangers. I'm sorry, uh, Radiant uh, Universe titles coming our way. Uh, in the coming months. So Radiant Black ongoing, Radiant Red miniseries. That's a five-issue miniseries. Rogue Sun is an ongoing series, which is interesting. And then Inferno Girl Red gets the uh, graphic novel treatment uh, from Matt Groom and Erica DeRusso in late 2022. So that's probably fourth quarter, probably November. So uh, here's what I'll say. I am very excited about all three of those upcoming books, mainly because of what I got to see in Supermassive. This is a one-shot. It's not, uh, you know, it's not an ongoing. So be aware of that. If you're going to get this, uh, uh, the great NATO who's just recently got into the Radiant Black series, I think he's got all but one issue right now. Uh, you guys will want to go out and, and grab a hold of this as soon as you can. I'm, I'm kind of showing my hand a little early that uh, this is some good comic stuff. What did you think, Matthew? I feel like... Uh, it's clever and creative and, you know, we, we constantly make references to invincible when we talk about radiant black, <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's a really good point of reference, but this feels like those early issues of invincible where things happened and characters show up and the history is clearly there. We just haven't seen it yet. And so, right. From the second that Inferno girl pops up with her old school super sentai scarf. I was in and I feel like the issue really builds up and it's a remarkably successful team up considering that we have two characters who literally haven't existed yet and we throw them in and they're established known quantities in universe and they make that work in the yeah, story. I, I, I like, so I like that, um, uh, Inferno, what's his name? Uh, outrage orange. Uh, <laughs> I like Sun. that. Yeah, Rogue Son. I like that he is already part of this universe and is established. And I like how, like, Radiant Black is like, oh, yeah, I've been following you for years. And the guy's like, yeah, that was also my dad. I'm a legacy, you know, hero. Uh, but then Radiant Black is also like, oh, you probably have never heard of me. He's like, yes, I saw you screw up on national television and, and <laughs> cause an international incident. So I know who you are. So it's cool that those two characters are in universe. But I don't think that 
at this point, Inferno yeah. Girl Red. Yes. Is, is, this is her first appearance in universe, right? So yes, Cassia exists in this story, but in a different reality. Right. Um, and so, yeah, her arrival and the arrival of a villain from the other dimension where she lives from basically sets off the story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah it's really cool. And so we've got a bunch of different people working on this. We've got Kyle Higgins who's working on this. I believe he's the, the writer of the main uh, Radiant Black Radiant series. Black, yeah. And then we also have, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan Parrott on mm -hmm. this. And if Ryan Parrott's name sounds familiar to you, it's because he used to or still does or is about to end uh, his tenure on the Power Rangers series over at Boom Studio. So if there's a lot of uh, if there's a lot of Power Rangers influence that you're feeling in this book, it probably isn't by accident. <laughs> hmm. Even even to the point where uh, a tech bad guy that has been plaguing Radiant Black uh, for a couple of issues um, turns into a monster and then turns into a giant monster and yes. then Radiant Black and the others have to combine their powers to form a giant robot so Jet Jaguar can take down the monster with yeah. a, uh, what is it, a head slam? No, I think he, they just blow it up with an in just, energy beam. They, I believe at one point he actually manages to fire the other two heroes at it. Yeah, uh, but, but that's that's before they form the giant robot. Right. Uh, yeah. Rogue Sun is going to be a Ryan Parrott joint when it debuts. Is it next week? Mm -hmm. You said next week? Next week, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be the writer of Rogue Sun when it debuts. And so, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see. And then they blew some stuff up, and then his stuff blew up. Oh, yeah, you're right. Some stuff blew up, and then they exploded some stuff. Nice. Uh, they didn't yell anything cool, though, so that was kind of funny. I think that's... I think... So... I think they can only lean so far before it gets overly obvious. I mean, they're really leaning into the tropes of the giant oh, kaiju superhero team squad oh, yes. kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, they do have their battle cry where, you know, Radi uh, Radiant Black is like Radiant Black. And then Rogue Sun is like Rogue Sun. And then uh, Inferno Red Girl is like Inferno Ignite. And they get their big splashy page. And then you flip to the other page. And I, I don't have this as a print issue, but it really feels like. Um, this might be a double pay or a, a fold out. So uh, we get the review copies from uh, image comics, but for those of you who get the actual physical copy, I would be really interested to see if there is a tri fold fold out in here because, um, they use their powers, they ignite. And then the big giant robot comes across in like a three page spread, four page spread almost. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that is presented in print. So if yeah. you guys get a hold of this, uh, let us know. There's one thing that this issue does really well mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed. And that was superhero team up in that every other comic that you're ever going to read when the superheroes team up, they instantly start wailing on each other. Mm -hmm. And that's how it seems to start out, right? So uh, Rogue Son is like, you get back to your dimension now before I take you down. And she's like, wait, I got to capture my guy. And he's like, get out or we're going to go to blows. And then Radiant Black shows up and goes, okay, everybody just calm down. Let's talk this through. Hi, <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
you know, and the, he introduces himself and just diffuses the situation so quickly. And then they go on a road trip together uh, to show that they really are super friends. Uh, so I really like that they that they didn't land into the superhero is going to fight just because mm-hmm. they're from different continuities or different universes or different cities or whatever it may be. And in, in a lot of ways that actually feeds into Marshall, the current radiant black, not being a very good superhero in the, in the larger scheme of things, because first thing he does is take off his mask and say, okay, let's calm down. Most superheroes would not do that. So here it actually works that we're, well, we're kind of on, you know, Marshall's home turf in that. Right. He's he's sort of the incumbent superhero, but I really do appreciate the fact that Rogue Son would have attacked and Inferno Girl would have fought back because they are both more traditional takes. And Marshall's just like, okay, everybody calm down, chill out, chill out. So that's neat to me. And I really, really love the point where they're they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and then the creature steals their powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they try to do their henshins and and Marshall's turns out to be, hey, Radiant, where are you? That's yeah. funny to me. But yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that just that initial meeting because mm-hmm. I had seen both Rogue Sun and Inferno Girl floating around as things that I probably needed to check on. I didn't mm-hmm. realize they weren't out yet. Mm-hmm. So when I first read this, I thought we were reading a three-way crossover of, of a couple of image books that I just hadn't picked up yet. So I did my first read-through of this book, not realizing that we weren't reading something, you know, that we weren't reading established characters all the way across the board. And I feel like it it reminded me of the old days when I was a kid, I had a subscription to Spider-Man and the Avengers showed up in an issue. And I'm like, who are these clowns? What is all this about? And that's literally the point where, you know, I started loving those shared universe stories. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this really reminds me of, you know, reading a comic book in 1984 and not knowing who anybody is, but devastating wanting to learn what's going on, you know? Yeah. 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 So the art is really good. Panel layouts, everything really good. The coloring in this issue, um, I, I am flipping back and forth on the coloring in this issue because uh, there's a couple of different things that are going on. There is an old style kind of coloring that is happening in some of the panels where uh, they've got a zip a tone for like a, a shading. Okay, so uh, it feels very much like a digital or a, a modern version of old comics in, in that sense. But Mm -hmm. then when they transform suddenly or anytime that they're doing their, their color costume uh, shtick, suddenly everything turns to these very solid, no shading, very flat colors, very almost cartoony in spots. Yes. uh, Color scheme, which looks really cool. So, you know, radiant black's got the dark blue, uh, sunburst orange, and then red are all, all got their colors. But then when they get into the fighting, and this is the part that I'm I'm not super hyped on, the coloring gets a little garish yeah, once the they crazy combine their pastels. Yeah, once they combine their powers and form the giant robot, then you've just got like the and I I know it's because we're combining red and orange and mm-hmm. blue in a CMYK color space. So we're getting magentas and greens and yellows and and other stuff, but the way that it plays out on the page especially against this neon green monster. 
to me, it's very garish and I don't like it. And that's mm-hmm. me. And I, I'm sure the point is we're trying to make this, you know, hyper. We're trying to mm-hmm. make this over the top to show you how much power everybody's wielding and how their powers are combining. Mm-hmm. But I am just not a fan of that, of that, uh, 60s color scheme that see, you I see would, in, in the crazy dark light posters. I would be fine with the, the pinks and the oranges and the crazy blues and golds if they weren't so muted. I mean, they're very, they're almost pastel and they're, you know, as you mentioned, it's very flat when mm-hmm. the colors pop up intentionally. So, but for my money, if you're going to do that, if you're going to really lean into that, I feel like you need to up that saturation. You need to have bright Star Trek pinks and blues. But yeah, and maybe that's it because to me it just feels like the neon, uh, almost neon kind of colors like you would see in a in a black light poster, or you know, mm-hmm. you get those fluorescent markers uh, for your highlighters. It yeah. kind of feels like that, and it just. I know the colors complement one another on the page and on the color wheel with one another, but I don't know. I just, the, the action sequences are a little bit too much for me. Maybe if it had some shading, maybe increase the saturation uh, Mm -hmm. or the intensity a little bit, maybe it would look different, but I just, I just didn't get, I just didn't, uh, I just didn't take to the coloring. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like there's a point where, as soon as everyone gets their powers back, we have this really beautiful shot of do, of everybody doing their henshin with a chunk of blue, a chunk of yellow, and a chunk of red or orange, whatever that middle color is, whatever you would call it. And that's gorgeous. And then we jump to that next page, and I'm like, if you're going to, I mean, if you're really going to up this the scale from there, these need to be bright. And the background colors are kind of purpley pink. You know, it's the kind of color that my Mm -hmm. grandmother had in her bathroom tile in 1977 and i i get what they're going for and i appreciate oh yeah yeah so do i i just don't feel like it it comes across on the page and i don't know if that's but but again i can i I can appreciate it because i know that they're playing with how those colors mix in a yeah in print not in light projection Uh, but in print i can i can see how they're mixing those and they're combining their powers and everything uh so the coloring for what it is doing the coloring and being a good colorist shines in this issue, deciding on going with these particular color schemes and everything shines Mm -hmm. in this issue. I just don't like the end result combination. (laughs) That doesn't mean that the colorist has failed. It just means that these are cut. This is a color palette or scheme that is not to my liking. Or as J Michael T says in the comments, eighties fruit loops palette is the way he's <laughs> describing it, which is not too far away from that, I suppose. So, uh, yes, there are, if you're listening to this, hello, future people, uh, mm-hmm. there are people in our, uh, dueling review discord server, our secret server, where, uh, a lot of our patrons can come and hang out with us eight o'clock PM central time and hear us talk about this comic live, ask questions and all sorts of other stuff. If you want to be part of that, then certainly sign up and become a patron, uh, at the silver level, and that'll get you access to the secret channels on the Major Spoilers Discord server. Access to the Major Spoilers Discord server is completely free. So, links in the show notes for that. The only thing that that I, besides the coloring, and that's just a personal preference issue, mm-hmm. okay? The only thing that I kind of had a bit of a complaint about mm-hmm. 
was the story slowing down when they had to go and do their road trip. I kind of love that. Um, I mean, I like, I like that they went on the road trip and did their thing, but mm -hmm. there is, Ooh, one, two, three, four, four and a half pages of that. And that was to me, maybe a little bit too much. I don't know. I mean, from, from my tastes, I kind of love those moments where the story does have to do that. And again, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with the radiant black story, part of the point is that they have to stop and get a rental car mm -hmm. and then they, I mean, I love that. I, I love yeah. that concept. That's, you know, that's neat. And then of course we have to have the moment where the three of them start actually bonding with each other outside of costumed identities, you know, and Marshall's being Marshall and Cassius being cute and, uh, you know, dirtbag is being angry dirtbag. But I, I kind of love that part. I feel like that's the part of the issue that really is going to stick with me. And it, that's part of the issue that's going to make me want to read Inferno Girl Red is you come to a point where they're in the rental car, they're going along, they're doing the thing. And then, of course, we have the sequence where different people are driving and different people are doing different things. And I really enjoyed that part. I felt like that was, to me, just right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have to disagree. I think that those sequ that sequence could have been cut by a page and still contained all the stuff in there. Um, but for some reason, to me, it just felt like it was, I don't know, it, it was good stuff. Don't get me wrong. It just felt mm -hmm. like it was padding out the issue. And I think a page, a page could have easily been removed. Um, the building is made entirely out of waffles. No. Yes. Uh, yeah. So wait, uh, uh, Ingrid, Ingrid, is Ingrid still in the chat? Ingrid. Do you guys have waffle houses up in Wisconsin? Because I thought that I know that we have a, like one or two in Kansas and that most of the time it's Missouri and then South, uh, South, Southeast America. No waffle houses here. We're for, too far North. That's what I thought. So how could they be in uh, Wisconsin and driving to North Dakota? Maybe they did drive through Missouri or something. Uh, but yeah, I thought that uh, the waffle house was maybe out of place because waffle house is not all the way across America, but it was a good joke. It was a good joke. Nonetheless. Uh, oh, we think maybe they, maybe they got lost as Ingrid. So maybe that's, that's it. Uh, bottom line for me, Matthew, I enjoyed the heck out of this comic. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Uh, I enjoy seeing the, the, the team ups and, and, you know, not being a person who really could get into power Rangers for a variety of different reasons. Uh, this is, this is the power Rangers for me. I, I dig Radiant Black. I like Supermassive. I'm hoping that enough people go and vote next week for um, Angry Orange so that we can we can review that next week on the show. You know, we'll we'll get an actual issue of the Angry Orange, and you will be so mad. Uh, there actually is. Uh, we have had uh, that has come out in the past already. Um, I want to say like 20, 2007 through ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere around there there was an angry orange and it was actually uh, a free comic book day issue that my sons loved and grabbed and read the heck out of. So yes, angry orange comic already exists. Uh, but yeah, big thumbs up for me. I, I, I say, go out and pick up this issue. If you're already a fan of radiant black, you need to get in on the ground floor of this and uh, not wait six months. Great NATO to, yeah. uh, to pick up this series. 
Yeah, stop being late. Great, NATO. Um, I, I definitely agree. And I feel like as someone who appreciates not only Power Rangers, but the Super Sentai source material, and, you know, as, as someone who does shudder just a little bit when Steven intentionally gets the Power Rangers wrong, I would say that this is not a book that is meant to be Power Rangers, but it's definitely a book that's meant to evoke Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all three of these characters have bits and pieces of, you know, your Power Ranger Ultraman Common uh, Rider trilogy, basically the Ishinomori trilogy that really defines Japanese superheroes. And it's nice to see it translating so effortlessly over to American comic book continuity. So I feel like, yes, I've been saying since the beginning, you guys really need to pick up Radiant Black. This book is no exception. Um, yeah, with yeah. the exception of, I don't remember what the cover price was because I just five ninety nine. That's that's maybe yeah. the only thing that might uh, set well, some people back is the six dollar cover issue. price. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's that moment where you have to remind yourself that you're getting more than one comic for the price of more than one comic, and you're so also I, getting the introduction, really the first appearance of two characters. Right. Two different characters who I honestly hope that Inferno Girl will hit huge because, again, Scarf. But, oh, but she goes so she goes back to her universe. And so it looks like there's going to be a lot of stuff that will her series will mostly focus on her universe. or I should say the graphic novel focuses on her adventures. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know what the plans are. I mean, we kind of get a hint in this book of some great event on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, that will have to force them all to work together and probably bring multiverses together. So yeah, maybe in the future. I want to know, and I don't know if we have anyone listening or anyone in the chat room who was, uh, paying into the, I, I don't remember if it was a Patreon or an Indiegogo for the Inferno girl red book as to whether or not this is the graphic novel that, uh, Matt groom was actually is. doing or if this is something that came after that. Because I feel like that graphic novel, the one that they were kickstarting and or go going, already should have come out, according to my brain. But let's see, again, this was, uh, let's see, I'm on their page now. It's a, it's a Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see the launch date on it. Uh, okay. But let me look at the, the most recent update was, it says here that, the digital version for those people with the Kickstarter, get it in June of 2022. The hardcover is supposed to come out as uh, June of 2022. So it looks like everything's supposed to hit June, 2022. Okay. So that would mean the Kickstarter fulfillments will happen first and then everything will slide over to uh, the rest of the world. And if you didn't get in on the Inferno girl red, I forget who was on, maybe it was on Wayne's comics podcast. Maybe he was talking with Matt groom. Mm -hmm. Uh, they've got this whole, and I remember seeing this on Twitter and Instagram, the replica helmet for her mm -hmm. is, was a, um, uh, Kickstarter goal. You had to pay almost a thousand bucks for that. So, yeah, but replica helmets are big deal. Oh yeah. There's a really cool guy. I think I've mentioned it to you before. This mm -hmm. guy on Instagram, I probably won't be able to find him immediately. But he does all sorts of replica helmets, costumes, props for Power Rangers, uh, Go Kyger, Common mm -hmm. uh, Rider. Um, I can't find his name off the off the front of here. It's going to 
would take a while. I follow so many people on Instagram. Um, but yes, there are people that do that and it is, it is a big deal. And those helmets look really cool, but they're also really expensive. So really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a good super Sentai replica helmet will cost you 200, 300 bucks. And the oh. top notch ones are probably three or four times that. Yeah. The ones so. that I, the ones that I t- typically track when I go and say, Ooh, that, uh, green ranger or that common rider helmet or whatever looks really cool. Let me just go and check the price of it. Most of the ones that I see start at around 400 to $500. $700,000. I mean, I don't know if they'd be that expensive, but certainly I have seen them in starting in that four to $500 price range. So yeah, uh, there and, you, you go know, on that. You also have to have a place to store them and I just don't. So that's why you need to get, they have these really cool, um, I try to store a lot of my helmets and stuff on various shelves and, and places. Like I've got the Ant-Man helmet is kind of sitting in front of uh, the home theater receiver to kind of cover up the lights for that. And it looks kind of cool sitting there, <laughs> but they have these things that I'm, I'm very interested in. I know a lot of prop people and cosplayers have these, but it's like a hat rack for helmets mm-hmm. that you screw into the wall. So it's like an individual, it's like an individual holder. It kind of mm-hmm. looks like an uh, upturned J a little bit and you stick it into the wall and then your helmet sits right on top of that. And so then you can have an entire wall. Uh, you don't have to put up shelving or anything like that. You just put these things on the wall and you can put them in any pattern or any order that you want. And then you have this really nice display of helmets that you can just pick up whenever the, uh, whenever the emergency strikes that you have to get out there and, uh, and save the world. So, uh, but put on my helmet, I just do my henshin phrase, uh which is for Pete's sake. Yeah. And then I transform. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, my bottom line is go pick up this comic. Now I've mentioned a couple of times, maybe next week we'll get a review. The, the new series from, uh, image comics. Maybe not. It's really up to you, our dear listeners and our dear patrons who are going to head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers, where you will find a link. I guess for now we're going to go to go collect and use their list. So you can go to the Go Collect thing. The main reason why we went with Go Collect, number one, is um, they have stuff out on, I believe, the Tuesday before New Comic Book Day. And then they update it throughout the week. So by Wednesday, you know, the new stuff is there. You do have to kind of search for the the next week's stuff. Although I provide you the direct link to next week's stuff. The reason why we didn't go with the, the other one, the League of Comic Geeks or whatever that one was, was mm-hmm. because they don't have a direct link to their calendar. You can go and look at new comics, but it only shows you this week's stuff. And it caused a lot of confusion for some of our listeners, because even though I said you do have to click on the button that says next week, mm-hmm. people weren't doing that. So they were voting for the wrong, for the wrong comic. Oh, that's always a bummer. Now, a big change since last week, for those of you who stuck around uh, in the uh, after show last week um, in our Dueling Review channel, Uh, We kind of went off quite a bit on Comixology and the fact Mm -hmm. that there was no way to look at comics by date, nor could you look at stuff for the next week. 24 hours later, for those of you who watched Finally Friday last week, Finally Friday is our our live streaming show. We do Friday afternoons, 4.30 p.m. Central Time on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash major spoilers. Comixology did put in the, the calendar so that you could go and look at new comics and look at the comics that are coming out however many weeks in advance. So you could definitely go in and look at next week's comics. 
uh, you could sort nice. them by publisher. They didn't have all of the publishers in there, and I think they're still probably working on that. They're still missing some of the indie publishers, and certainly they don't have the complete list like uh, Go Collect does. The drawback with the Comixology uh, site with their calendar is it's just like the League of Comic Geek site where you actually have to physically go to the date, enter the date, hit enter, and then look at the long list that way. So that's not convenient or easy for our listeners. And I want to make it easy for you to go out and vote. Unlike some people who want to make it really hard to go and vote. I'm not going to mention any names, Texas, Southern United States, uh, (laughs) Southwest United States. Um, Yeah. Everybody, uh, Kansas. Uh, So I want to make it super easy for you guys to go and vote. So go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. If you're not a patron, we would certainly appreciate your support. Look for the dueling review link. Click on the link for the comics coming out next week. That would be March 2nd, 2022. Then just use the comment section and cast your vote. And whoever, uh, whichever title has the most votes come Sunday morning when I tabulate everything. That is what we will review next week. So go by Supermassive. Go buy Radiant Black. Go buy uh, all, everything in this series that you can get your hands on. Good and we'll be God. back next week. So take care, everybody. Read some comics.